Good evening and welcome to 10 Dozen Minutes of uh, Chick and Mr. Skullhead. The part of Chick tonight will be played by one uh, Matt, also known to the people who know as Vaginal Bloodfart. Good evening. Hi. I was going to try to do a really shitty Ray Romano impression to sound like Chick, <laughs> but uh, I don't think I have it in me. I could just do both. Both Ray Romano and Jick. Well, no, we both. call that the Devil's Three Way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, kiss, fuck, or kill? Or uh, no, fuck, marry, kill. I think. Fuck, marry, fuck, kill. marry, kill. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Mary Kill is totally lame. Yeah, she was like fuck, the shittiest Marvel shit. superhero. <laughs> I am Mary, Mary Kill. Kill. It's like you're just trying to make a feminist Punisher, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of insulting because her shirt just had the skull cut out of it. Right, exactly. So it was just each eye was kind of hung on an aerial. <laughs> right. She's like, this isn't really... Hmm. Boy, if you're upset about uh, the way that women are depicted in comic books, do you ever have your options this week on the, the Boing Boing Metafilter? I don't look at either of those yeah. things, so you're going to have to enlighten me. Oh, just like... <clears throat> like a reasonable argument that is true that is the like poses and costumes for women in comics are even more ridiculous than for dudes but delivered in a tone of strident self-righteousness that is also off-putting strident self-righteousness rarely makes anyone want to listen to the point right you know yeah no um, that's that's just undeniably a fact yeah. <laughs> like i much prefer the people who are not actually really they're not making the argument with words but with images and that's fun. Like, yeah. here's what Superman would look like if he was designed the same way like Wonder Woman And is. it looks and like some mid-possession uh, in an exorcism movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, just like, no one's back. Oh, God, ick. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you manage to have both the bust and buttocks at an upward tilt and, at the and same time? pointing straight at the camera, and too. Then, yeah, exactly. Like, the, the physics of that are astounding, you know? But, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I love cheesecake bullshit. <laughs> Sure. You know, hot I enjoy women and looking at them. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm at least willing to acknowledge, yeah, no, don't get me wrong, that's just purely there for, you know, titillation, and I love me being titillated, so, uh, you know, I'm willing to allow it. But yeah, I, I would never be so uh, thick-headed, I think, as to pretend it's not a thing. It's just a shame when, like, the, the entire corner of the internet that I frequent grabs a hold of something. Yeah, that's a drag when, uh, like, a, like, not necessarily a meme, but sometimes even just a meme... Uh, or or something kind of gets enough cachet that you just can't escape it on any of your regular bookmarks. Uh -huh. We call it like, Guvazela oh. syndrome. <clears throat> right, exactly, yes. You know, you're like, well, I'm pretty much, uh, I'm kind of over this thing. I'd like to surf away from okay. it and do a, another thing for a while. And instead you get just uh, someone else's, you know, hilarious take on it, whatever that might be. But, you know, rarely is that funny. Usually I don't get annoyed until, like, with a meme, until it hits the point where people are making their own examples of the meme to tell other people to shut up about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so the, over uh, what <clears throat> this meme is. So over. God, guys. I'm like, shut the yeah. fuck up, What's you neck-bearded <laughs> internet police fucktard. <laughs> is there ever a, a non-dismissive uh, or uh, contempt-filled way to say neckbeard? Huh. I mean, that to me is only used. <laughs> yeah, you don't say, God, that guy is such a nice like, oh, dude, He's like, so awesome. He's, you know, I, he's sweet. He, he loves the kids. He's got a neck beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of these things doesn't jive. Uh, that's, yeah, like, because I know you imbue the word fedora with right. more contempt than I think most people. I did wear <laughs> one on my way over here, by the way. Uh, with more contempt than I think most people can muster for. 
uh, you know, something truly horrifying. And I, it makes me laugh every time. Because I'm on your side with that particular argument as well. Well, see, but, my beef is against people who pile on affectations in lieu of having a personality. Certainly. And I don't think that you may, you uh, meet that criteria. Some would say I perhaps have far too much personality and should learn to stifle this. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's like you don't need a fedora to be annoying, dude. No, I've got... I've, Years of training in becoming annoying to groups of people long before I even knew what a fedora was. Hey, that reminds me. Uh, does Indiana Jones wear a fedora? Yes. Everybody says that, but his hat looks nothing like the hat I'm wearing. Because the hat you are wearing is like the ska douchebag 90s version of it. See, that's what's always baffled me. Is I always assumed there had to be a different name for the kind of hat I'm wearing. Which is, yeah, exactly. Like the kind you can find at Target at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I'm like, god damn, I want the indie kind of hat. Because I want a wider brim. I'm a really tall guy with broad shoulders. Yeah. And ideally, your hat brim should come out about halfway to the edge of your shoulder. And you that's don't want to look like you're right playing size. trumpet in the Mighty Mighty Boss. Exactly. I, you know, as Henry Rollins once said, you know, like, I used to beat up punks in high school. And now I play trombone and fuck like a hamster. I don't want to look <laughs> Like that guy, <laughs> you know. Uh, as much as I actually kind of like the look of these hats, salsa, yeah. you know, who's been on the show before, uh, is and a man who appreciates a good-looking hat and looks good in a hat. You know? I've learned that as my head gets older, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I tend to, I, I look good. If in, my nose might be on my laptop, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I look good in a variety of hats, which is weird. There are some that make me look exactly like my dad, and that I can't really handle. Like my the, dad never the, wore. The well, my dad wears baseball caps. Does. Yeah. You know, because he was like a coach forever. So, your dad wears the like the leather cabbie hat with the little snap on the bill. Yeah, and see, I, I tried and a couple of those I on, that on, I and I like was like, I, mm. a gay version of my father. So. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, well, honestly, I usually look like a gay version of whatever it is I look like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> somehow the gay not, version yeah. of myself. I exactly. Think. Despite not keeping myself in any kind of physical condition, uh, I, I just do come off as a bit femmy. <laughs> it's because so. you look like you have eyeliner on all the time. It is weird. <laughs> like that's You're not the first person to remark upon that. So... Uh, the, oh, you, we need to go find a milliner, apparently. What's a milliner? Um, someone who makes hats. I thought that was a haberdasher. Yeah, a haberdasher or a milliner. Or does a milliner, a milliner work in a haberdasher? specializes in hats. No, there's a phenomenal fucking hat shop where you can go to Jaime's in St. Paul, huh. uh, which is down near uh, the Artist Quarter and all that shit. And uh, amazing. It's like old school. It actually reminds me of the, the men's clothing store my mom uh, worked at in Shockley, which is a little bullshit suburb of Minneapolis. Uh, but it was an old school. It was called Bill's Toggery, which, you know, anything called a Toggery, you know, is old school. Yeah. And it had been, like, third Toggery. or fourth generation now of clothing store. And it was just, you know, you walk in, and then it had all the uh, stuffed, you know, deer heads and ducks and, like, a bobcat or a lynx or whatever in, like, a yeah. glass case that the guys that owned the store had shot themselves. And then, like, like this is how we'll decorate. <laughs> yes. And uh, it was just, you know, really high-end, nice, big and tall, like, men's clothing stuff, which was great because I was six foot two by the time I was in, like, ninth grade. Mm. Uh, and my dad's another big guy. He's probably eh, about as tall as I am, but outweighs me by a good 50 to 100 pounds, depending. And, uh... uh it reminded me very much of that going to Jaime's with uh, Salsa, who was like really high in the place. Because you walk in, it's like really nice suits, huge, like completely round counter where ties are just laid in. Like, you know, when you see a blackjack dealer spread out cards, except it's a 360 degree counter that's, you know, probably 20 foot in diameter full of ties and <laughs> colors that just gradually change. And there's all these like silk ties, and there's books on how to tie different knots. And then just amazing hats, <laughs> anything from like top hats to like you know fedoras to whatever. And they also have uh, old school barbershop that gives shaves with a uh, guy that will sing opera in Italian 
while he shaves you. <laughs> like, I was like, this is, like, the, one of the most, like, people think strip clubs are, like, super dude kind of mm. things. Dude, fuck that. No, dude. You go get, like, an actual, like, old school shave and lather type thing, buy yourself a nice hat. Yeah. Like, that, to me, like, that place reeked of testosterone while never once being like, dude, brah. Yeah. Which is far more... Elegant haberdashery. Exactly, yeah. It's just like, oh, it's the coolest place ever. Sadly, it's a little out of my price range for anything ever. Yeah, I'm saying, like, Ryko... Ryko, Ryko. When you say go find a millionaire, you're assuming that we're millionaires. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh... When I look at buying a hat and I see that that hat costs $20, I go, you know, I should probably spend that money somebody else. Yeah, yeah, 20 bucks is about where I cap out, where I don't usually feel like I need to call the wife first. Right. Um... Tech Rat in the chat points out that the haberdashers sell the hats, the milliners make them, so we were right, right. in assuming that. Uh, I do like haberdasher as a word. It's a really fun word, and so I, I enjoy uh, using it. Sadly, not um, not a lot of case to use. It doesn't come up haberdashery because that's. Could you stop? I think I've been to exactly and... two in my life. Yeah, there's one in uh, Madison I went to that a buddy of mine worked at when he lived there, just because it was cool and he got a discount on hats. Yeah, and then. The one that's also took me to. So I'm saying I'm not hat averse. I'm actually in the hat market. I just haven't found a uh, like the price point and the hat haven't combined at the right spot. It's kind of weird that like usually a medium large hat is not the right size and the extra large is just a shade too big. So I can either look like Fievel from an American Tale or I can look like <laughs> fat guy with a little hat. Yeah. See, my I, like if I go buy just generic off the shelf hat, um, I need an extra large and often it's still a bit tight because mm. uh, apparently I have some kind of giant moon gob um, which I didn't realize until I started trying to buy hats as a baseball cap guy you can just kind of never know that you have a huge head Yeah, it's when you start buying things that actually have a size on them that you're like well we could reblock this and I'm like no I'm good <laughs> like, I never wore hats until we went uh, to a water park a year ago we were in Florida over like KOL Florida which was in February and didn't have a, any sunscreen for the water park you're like well the rest of my pasty ass will be fine but the top of the head no. will it? Uh, do you yeah. not burn? not so much you look like you're pale enough to burn as badly as I would at least unless I've, you've got a base tan by the I got way. a little native in me yeah, who doesn't? yeah well, actually, it's the opposite in my relationship. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do I have a little Native American in you? Would I like some? Yes. What? No, so the, I ended uh, up trying on hats in the little like gift shop and found the like the Civil War looking hat, the like Confederate hat. Sure. The or the Grand Moff Tarkin hat is what I think of the Admiral Piet hat. Slightly less offensive. Yeah. I think it was the Grand Moff Tarkin hat. But then yeah. you have to carry around like a little laminated card with a picture of Grand Moff Tarkin. Like, no, see, see, it's a Grand Moff hat. Well, actually, in Florida, well, you'd probably be right. it didn't have a like a stars and bars on it or anything. It was just a gray. Yeah, but hat. that's still what is going to be evoked. Right. But it looked. It, but I was assured that it actually looked good on me. So, like, oh, I can I can wear a hat and not look like any more of a tool than I normally look like. Nice. I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. uh, there's a a shop out at Fest that. Among all the other, you know, Rennie crap sells uh, some hats, most of which are the kind of thing you can only wear at a Renaissance Festival or perhaps at a convention if you're so inclined because <laughs> you're that type. Uh, but you should bring a kilt to KOLCOM, by the way. I think that's not good advice. To see if Jake will just kick you straight in the nuts. 
Yeah, but see, I've learned over the years that if I'm wearing a kilt, I'm also wearing a cup. Yeah. <laughs> like, because those two things are usually pretty directly associated. I get kicked in the nuts a lot. I don't know if we've discovered that, or discovered, uh, discussed <laughs> that. But I've discovered it. I don't know if we've discussed it before on the radio, but that, that seems to be a, a comedy meme everyone I know is willing to return to. <laughs> Uh, Segatron says, I just finished the comic. Congratulations on making a funny, quality product. Thanks. That was some top-notch Thanks, shit. Thanks, Segatron. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I'm blowing it in your face. Right. <laughs> Thank you for making that distinction. Thank you. So the next time you say, I'm going to fuck your face so hard, I will know what you're talking about. So, uh, pro tip. When you're talking to your wife, using the phrase, fuck your face, rarely gets you the desired result. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yep, tried that one the other night. Have you tried, like, holding a blow dryer at your crotch, and when she asks what you're doing, say, warming up your dinner? You Not until I get home. You can't let the romance die in your relationship. I am absolutely doing that. That's <laughs> nothing way says, too funny. Nothing says romance, like... <laughs> comedy comedy <laughs> women like a man who can make them laugh actually you know what that came up uh <clears throat> we had shows on friday and uh traditionally after a Ville 10 show everybody comes back to my house and we congratulate ourselves on what funny geniuses we are yeah. and uh there's a I don't know maybe like six or eight of us sitting around and it's like two in the morning and i don't remember what started the conversation but i think it was uh the lovely and talented bill young that pointed out how Every dude is sitting next to his significant other, and in every case, it was hot chick with kind of pudgy slob, <laughs> you know, like without fail, like all the way around. It's like Beefcake and Molly, and me and Greta, and Bill and Jenna, and it's at least one or two more. And uh, like Molly just goes, he makes me laugh, and all the girls were like, yep, <laughs> like with a certain resigned note to it. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I think that's true. Like that when everyone says, oh, what's the first thing you look for uh, in in a potential mate? Pretty much everyone will say sense of humor. Uh, I think the women actually mean it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is really, like, well, again, like, why they're just the better half of the species. Well, dudes are not smart to begin with. Mm -mm. We just go like, oh... Though that cleavage reminds me of an ass, which makes me think of sex. Yeah, which fucking is good. Yeah, but it, the logic but there is not flawed. Yeah. It's just our execution upon that logic exactly. is really. <laughs> but as we get older, we figure out that the like pretty and and or hot is just not at all related to compatibility. So like, you have to have a physical attraction to somebody to, yeah, to like necessary. walk up to them but like there are, sure there are women in the world who are hotter than my wife absolutely do sure. I want to hang out with them probably not no yeah that's the thing yeah, like no one I don't I guess technically someone is with the person that could be widely agreed upon as the hottest woman in the world somewhere right. in the world except that most people are like ah this person's better like, it's so completely subjective that, like, no one guy can be like, I've done it! <laughs> like, because you know, if he would be on Reddit right now getting upvoted or whatever happens <laughs> on the been unlocked. Yeah, exactly. You know, just like, I've done it. I've, I've found and, and mated with the hottest woman in the world. <laughs> well, when you look at, like, Scarlett Johansson, that she was dating Ryan Reynolds, and people would say that, you know, people who are into dudes would say Ryan Reynolds, super hot. People who are into chicks would say Scarlett Johansson, super hot. Mm -hmm. He cheated on her. Well, yeah, and they and they split up, and like she's had several boyfriends that she's split up with that because that, that have split up with her. So, like clearly, it's not all well, about forget, being stupid. Hot. I forget what comedian was. And it sounds really crass, but there was someone you know did the line like, "No matter how hot that chick or dude is, someone out there is sick of fucking them." Right. You know that that is just the reality of it. Is like it's as excited as you are the first time you get down with whoever it is. 
there's always going to be the 178th or whatever it might be where you're like, no, it's just kind of sex now. <laughs> like, yeah. everybody, we, we find a comfortable groove. Bring in the riding crop and we'll liven it up a little bit. Huh. Uh, does, you mean you wield the riding crop? And You mean we, white man? <laughs> no, I said bring in the riding crop. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 do we have any obligation to do a real show for your listeners? I never know. Never. I always feel bad because I just kind of take off whatever pops well, in like, my head uh, and then people, I never know if I should. People will come and people will go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for an additional yeah, song that's right. there, but that's okay. Some grow young, some grow cold. Okay, there we go. Think of me, once you will. I got a little. I'm always a little, uh, a little happy when you start doing a song lyric, and I recognize the song Mm. while listening to one of your podcasts (laughs) because it's not often. Because usually it's just something I don't really know of. Uh, But every now and then I'm like, I know that song, and then I feel special. I'm like, ah, it shouldn't really matter. But that's what it's about. That's what the pop culture reference thing is for. Is to go like, for a second, hey, we are connected. Hey, I got reminded of a thing I knew. (laughs) You know, it's something that I like, or something we can hate together. (laughs) But. uh, Uh. Yeah, and I don't want to leave the impression that my life is is in some way not hot because she is really hot and awfully good at sex. Second out, and uh, like we are very well matched, but at the same time, like women seem to know right away that it doesn't matter if a dude is like big, ripply, muscly dude or you know super handsome dude. Men learn that over time. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That wears me out. (laughs) Gravity wears me out. Uh, the, the song Fake Plastic Trees Used to do surgery For girls in the 80s But gravity always wins Wears me out yep, Probably Radiohead not, not a thing oh, God You're going to be yes. familiar with I thought you were Quoting Radiohead No I would never quote I've only heard A couple of songs And I never liked them So Yeah <laughs> I tried Radiohead once But I didn't hail <laughs> yeah, I didn't much. like it Well for a while They were kind of Ubiquitous on modern rock radio yeah. And so I've heard Like the stuff From whatever that era was Well there's the Ginger Ginger like, yeah, creep. creep, and then there was the ones where they had like the weird animated videos off like the next album, mm. and that's around the end of when I listened to a lot of music that was outside of my relatively narrow band of taste. Right, you only listen to a single narrow band. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, everyone, a bunch of skinny dudes. Yeah, anyone. In, well, the Ramones. <laughs> they were, they were <laughs> narrow. Know, well, at least they used to be. I mean, when you watch like that video of their last concert, every time they show Joey from behind, he's just got those like Ric Flair back fat pockets uh-huh. that you're just like, oh wow, dude. Which I'm, at this point, I'm pretty sure if I was wearing skinny jeans and a t-shirt and kind of sweaty, and you took a photo of me from behind, <laughs> you'd have some awesome back fat pockets hanging off my right. ass too and like that eh, eh, whatever I want to see the dudes from Cherry Pop and Daddy's doing back fat pockets pockets go back some, a bottle of beer time to uh, send a PM to Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> dear Cherry Pop and Daddy's have you let yourselves go because I feel like you probably have by this probably. point probably <laughs> beating on Sky I don't want to beat on Sky I enjoy Sky was actually like no disrespect to Mighty there's Mighty Boston there's a lot Boston, of shitty so shitty awesome. Sky but yeah like Mighty Mighty Boston's actually there's a lot of shitty everything though. The, yeah exactly that was just a genre that lent itself to parody and Me Tooism. yeah I think and so it just very quickly became a very broad shallow pool all the people who were sitting around smoking pot and listening to reggae went, Oh, dude, dude, I played trumpet in band in high school, and we could just speed that shit up. And I can't like, find my filthy knitted dread sack. Yeah, so, so thing. Let's, let's buy a suit. Be a rude boy. <laughs> Ugh, God. What's going to come back around next, do you think? Swing. So, like, the swing revival of the 90s was incredibly strange. It was I, yeah. I, I went and saw a couple bands play swing in the '90s. Uh, I went to see some like uh, like you know when radio stations do concerts, with, like, yeah. six seven bands. Uh, I went to one that had uh, 
uh, both uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and the Cherry Poppin' Daddies, hmm. along with uh, Garbage, Soul Coughing, Semisonic, and Beck. I would have gone the hell to that, that show. That was a really great nice. show. That was like a $30 ticket at the <laughs> Target Center. It was fucking awesome. We got floor tickets and just rocked the fuck out until we were exhausted. Uh, but it, that was the thing that could only happen in 1998, which is yeah. when it happened. <laughs> a couple of swing bands, like <laughs> yeah, right. the dude from the Stray Cats playing with an orchestra. I wonder, have I seen Brian Setzer? I feel like I have. Maybe at first half? Hmm. I feel like that's a thing. I don't know what I that meant. It's just I it's feel a like thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Right. It's a guy. It's just some guy, you know? Uh, Frederick Levi says, Will there be self-reference in your new game? Will will jick be a word you can play? Probably not. Um, so, the thing with Word Realms is our mandate is to be a little less silly and a little more clever, I guess. So, instead of just, like, going out of our way to shoehorn a pop culture reference or a lyric in something, we'll only put it in if it if we can slip it in without anybody really noticing. Kind of like my approach to dating. Sure. But, uh... So you wouldn't say, like... <coughs> <coughs> if somebody plays the word, say, maniac, you might not put... This attack will hit you like a maniac on the floor and make you dance like you've never danced before, because that's a little bit... Yeah, that's a little much, but we might throw in like a ten thousand maniacs lyric very briefly. Sure. So that uh, something that has to make sense if you don't get it. I don't think I've seen is the, our mandate the new game for at least a year. Uh, I think the last time Salsa and I were on the show together, we went upstairs and kind of dicked around with a little bit on your laptop or something yeah. like that. But that's the last I've seen of it. It's gotten a lot prettier. It should be ready by the uh, indie game competition in October. Sweet. Yeah. I don't know. We got a uh, shout-out from Hodgman. I saw great. that. That's pretty fucking rad. Yeah, I saw that there's a uh, something on the front page. He's coming to Tucson. Yeah. I think we're they're going to try and rope him into one of our podcasts while he's there. Nice. So that's rad. Uh, Dave Levan, uh, who's actually... His name is actually Naval Evad, oh, gotcha. says, Hey, guys, how goes progress on the new game? You guys are going to get beaten to the punch, it seems. And links to this Rock, Paper, Shotgun article about a new game coming out. Uh, I can tell you with happy certainty that our game does not look like this. Ooh. Yeah, what, they're, what they have is a game that looks like Boggle. Yep. And our game looks more like Scrabble. Yep. So, we're still doing our thing. Yeah. Plus, the, the, kind of the, the idea of a game that has some kind of uh, narrative conceit around a word building thing is not like a wholly new concept under the sun. I mean, there's variations yeah, of that everywhere, and there's not like there's not with room for yeah, exactly. Really. It's not like there's not room for one more. You know, yeah, this will be well, the first. Dig it. When it becomes an MMO, it'll be the first MMO that you're doing that. Just doing being able to do PvP is something that hasn't happened yet. So True. I think that'll be exciting. If we have any level of success, Zynga will come out with like. Wordland, yeah, <laughs> or Wordville, <laughs> yeah. And they'll have microtransactions, and they'll make a million dollars. Are they just kind of unapologetically shitty in all ways? Yes. Okay, I kind of thought so. I feel like that gets brought up on. Like, I listen to a lot of video game podcasts, mm. and like every now and then, it's like fucking Zenga, and they talk about well, that's whatever what happens, the next like, thing that they're ripping off is. They're the like nemesis that shows what we could be if we followed all of our basic instincts. Yeah, zero scruples. And yeah, where it's. Early on, we would have went, okay, well, if people pay $10 for a Mr. Accessory, 
then they would probably pay $2 for something that unlocked a zone. Or, or even like if you just said, well, people will pay $10 for Mr. Ray, maybe they'll pay 15 Hey, well, there's that, but then maybe they'll prove twenty. You know, no, I mean, you could have just been. But the trick just is just to, to make millions of little microtransactions. Right. If we went, hey, so we were going to put in this zone, but we should just make that another island that you pay two dollars to get in. Yeah. And instead of spending all our time writing shit, we'll just cut the writing out so that we can make it faster. And you know, this we'll take the game out of it and only leave the addictive part. Yeah, well, it just, yeah, it becomes, you know, the, the rat put, pushing the button to get the cheese or whatever, yeah. you know. Which is, you know, that's my problem. So many, uh, I have trouble not calling them failed MMOs hmm. uh, that have gone free-to-play in the last, I don't know, six months or whatever. Uh, that just, that seems to just become the thing. It's like, I've, I logged, like, when DCU went free, I was like, oh, I'll go check that out. I'll make a guy in a cape. Right. And I did that, and I think I played for, like, four hours or so on a day off, and then never touched it again. You know, like, Star Trek's gone free-to-play. I was like, ah, oh, that'd be kind of fun just to see what it looks like. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, I've kind of done that. I played WoW for, like, four or six months, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it just does kind of become a repetitive button-clicking thing to watch little numbers go up. And does it really matter what the skin on that is all that much? Right. You know, which is why I've not played the Star Wars one. Like, you know, Porter's all about it. He got in on the beta and is loving the shit out of it. But it is still that same kind of game. It's just now mm-hmm. you can have a Wookiee on screen instead of a orc, or instead of Sulu or whatever. It just depends on how you build the world, I guess. If there's something to see there, like if part of that skin is really interesting writing and character interaction that's worth having, and if somebody's paying attention to that shit, then yeah, I'm, I would be all about it if I had any time for anything. I guess I don't know. I just the, but I've yet to see it. Like the, uh, I think I just feel like the 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 MMO format in general just kind of requires mm. grind. You know, I, I I much prefer like I'm playing the shit out of some Skyrim, which mm. you know is much like The Witcher is just kind of a, a single player MMO. Right. And but it, because it does have an end, like yeah, there's points where I'm like, okay, I'm doing kind of a kill ten rats quest here, mm. but it's just building toward the next chunk of story because you can tell a cohesive story if it's going to have an ending. Yeah, you know, it's sort of impossible to do that in something that has to kind of go on forever. Yeah, somebody was talking about a game coming out and they were really excited about how it had a system to like dynamically generate quests, so it would never end. It's like you know, I can't imagine somebody doing that in a way that's compelling that you know that this is just a computer rolling like 70-20s and playing Mad Libs. Yeah. No matter how complicated it is, like, there's no point. That's life. Life is like that, where you have no <laughs> no goals that you ever reach, and you just keep, you know, they keep throwing new shit at you. I don't want that. Yeah, well, I think it was like, uh, it might have been Trey Parker talking about the whole, like, uh idea of conspiracy theories and like your 9-11 truthers and the idea of like uh-huh. what they're doing is trying to impose narrative structure on life yeah because life shit happens just cause and that's not very yeah. satisfying it couldn't <laughs> you be know? The, it can be out of the blue it cannot make sense yeah and he goes like so we try to do, well it only happened because this and this and this and that and the other and it's like well no sometimes just shit happens and it's kind of shitty and sometimes right. just shit happens and it's kind of great but it doesn't you know it, it just does kind of happen and so yeah the idea of doing a paint by numbers Paint by numbers entertainment when it's just going to be kind of yeah like pulling a slot machine and going okay cherry lemon 
bar and that's my story now yeah that's not a very satisfying story you know and it, the idea that you couldn't construct something better with a little bit of thought and effort into it well from a developer's perspective that's awesome oh no it's great because I mean, then you you don't have to sit and write quests then you've got to give me money button essentially yeah. you know which yeah for from a business standpoint that's ideal you know <laughs> right but from like a creative standpoint which you know your your game and the people you work with uh, are always much more focused on the the game, the story, the experience, you know, yeah. then, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of the things that you guys talk about, the concession is always, people want this t- for gameplay, or this is a way that we'll be able to make a living, but that always seems like a concession as opposed to just kind of doing exactly what sounds like the most interesting story sometimes, right. you know, that, that feels like something that people have to drag you guys kicking and screaming towards. <laughs> well, usually I get, it's kind of funny, because, like, Hot Stuff is not a writer at all, I think he would say that. So not in a derogatory way, but he's just not a writer. So he'll say like, not "Everybody is." Yeah. What we what we really need in here is this mechanic, but there's just no way to work that into this familiar that we're doing. And I'll go, "Oh, dude, narrative is the easy part. You tell me what this thing needs to do, and I will make it make sense. Like it makes zero sense that." You have a rhyming demon that takes you on a Dr. Seussian version of Hades. Like, now that we're in there, we can put whatever we want in there. It'll be fine. We'll make shit up. <laughs> but uh, what I've always been looking for as far as a business model is something that... A game that would come out and be finished. That people would just pay money to have a copy of it and, and play it. And just, I want to play that thing. It's worth right. X amount of money. You guys don't have to spend the rest of your lives tied to it. <laughs> Which is not an albatross around your neck. And I don't, well, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And those are the challenges we face yeah. with KOL. Is I mean, we're competing against everything we've ever done for people's headspace. So, Word Realms is that. It's a standalone adventure that will that has a beginning, middle, and end. And when it's done, it's just done. Yeah. Then there's like a PvP mode, and there's an endless mode, and like a couple of things that are built in. But it's not the like continually updating thing. Yeah, which is a the next iteration of it will be, but at least we'll have one. Yeah, well, I mean that's the the perfectly valid business model that you know ninety odd percent of the games on like Steam or whatever have. You know, like yeah. there's plenty of games that are not all that expensive, and they offer a great experience for you know like you know, fucking Plants vs Zombies. Yeah. It's just it is what it is, and it's great as what it is. But you know, I don't hear people lamenting that they can't level up their whatever homeowner <laughs> to become. <laughs> a, oh, I want to upgrade from suburbs to the mansion in the hills and be able to have a bigger roof when I fight zombies and shit. Like that, that wouldn't make the game better necessarily. There was a beautiful article by a guy who does like Western style turn-based combat RPGs for like various mobile platforms and he said you know what I have here is a long tail of people who enjoyed playing those games when they came out and like that style of game went away those people didn't so I can serve those people and that provides me a living and it, he said like people told me when I came out with my last game to charge four ninety nine for it max in the app store so like Nobody is going to buy this thing if you make it anything more than $5, and it should be $0.99 cents like everything else. Right. He charged $10 for his, and he sold enough of them to like pay his salary for a year. Sure. And he said when he dropped the price 50% as part of a special, 
his sales didn't double. They went up a little bit, but they didn't double. So if he had priced it at four ninety nine, he would have been giving it away. Essentially, yeah. So the like the moral that he arrived at that I think is really relevant for us is when you're making a game that serves this niche audience, they know that quality when they see it. Yeah. And they will pay that money for it and don't go chasing waterfalls or <laughs> or the guys who are playing Angry Birds because they don't give a shit about your turn-based RPG. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, in the, that, that, the, the profit model, like, that you spoke to, you know, that applies to any business. I mean, when I, I worked fireworks for years, and, you know, like, the first year I did it was, I believe, the first year that uh, it really turned a profit, um, which was, I think, the third year? Hmm. Um, that it was up and running. And these are the tents? Yeah, the tents. Fireworks yeah. tents. And so I, I started back when there were, I think, 12 tents. There's probably 60 now. Um, and, you know, so, like, after the fourth, we did, like, two additional days of selling shit half off. And we did that for, like, two years, and then they don't do it anymore. Uh, I don't do that anymore as a job, but, I mean, that's they stopped doing it. And I was talking to my buddy who runs the company, and I was like, you know, what happened to doing the big sale? And he goes, well, you know, this stuff keeps... You know, mm. like we can sell it again next year. We've been doing that since the beginning, and you'd have to sell, you know, more than double that you would if you didn't lower the price to make it worth the loss of inventory that can be sold at full price next year. Mm-hmm. You know, and he finally kind of figured that out. It's like when he wasn't scrabbling just to get as much money as he could to keep the lights on. Yeah, it became uh-huh. obvious that like, okay, so now if they're getting, you know, instead of two for one, they're getting four for one essentially, or three for one, depending upon the thing. Like, yeah, you see this uptick in units sold, but your cash is still shit. You know, so yeah, it, is it better to sell to... Out of 10,000 people that might play your game, would, would you rather get all, you know, 10,000 at two ninety nine, mm. or 6,000 of them at nine ninety nine? Well, you're far better off financially getting the 6,000, yeah. you know, and like... And it, there's that... I was really glad that article came along, because Zach was getting into the mindset of, all of these super polished puzzle games are 99 cents. Our game still looks pretty homebrewed. If we put that in there for even 99 cents, we'll get laughed out of the app store. And I don't think he understood the idea of that as a genre of game. Yeah. That has a, a pretty big following, but the genre of game that we're doing can have just as big a following in you know money-wise... Yeah, and instead of ninety nine cents, you you charge three ninety nine, four ninety nine. So you, I don't know. It it also gets across the idea that this isn't one of those games, right? Well, yeah, that's the whole problem with like, uh, we're charging for it because it's worth more than a free game. Yeah, well, that's what people are lamenting on, uh, you know, PS three or Xbox games or PC games. You know, like we've hit that kind of sixty dollars is the magical price point. And if you're less than that, people assume it means there's a lesser value to the game. Hmm. So you're kind of stuck creating a game that can justify a $60 price tag, which is why you have shoehorned in multiplayer and, like, uh, games like the new Far Cry game or whatever it might be. Hmm. Shit, that just doesn't need it. Right. Where it's like, that's not the point. People that play this game play it for the single-player experience. It's really great. You know, like, I don't give a fuck if they have an arena mode in Bioshock 3. Yeah. Like, that's not why I play Bioshock. You know, I play it for the great story, and I pay X amount. But, you know, people feel, I think, the need to kind of go, everything has to have all these options, so it can be sold mm. at this point, people think it's value, much, you know, rather than release it for thirty nine ninety nine and have people go, oh, well, obviously there's not as much content here, or it's not as much game, whatever that mm. means to somebody, 
as something that's at the premium level. Although price, at the same time, you, know. you get when you get in the arcade, you get fifteen dollars and five dollars and ten dollars, and not as much bitching about price points. It seems like yeah, like well, I bought Bastion for fifteen bucks on Steam. And then realized that I really wanted to play it with a controller, so then I bought it for 15 bucks on Xbox, and I don't feel like I got ripped off. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was kind of dumb, thinking <laughs> I wanted to play Bastion <laughs> with WASD and well, see, get that, my that's ass the way handed I to play me. It and I've been doing just fine. That's weird. I'm, I'm so not used to playing games on the computer that I kept going, okay, well, the reason why I just died is because I walked off the cliff because my fingers were on ESD and F instead of WAS and D. Sure. And having well, to hit the fucking shift key. To yeah, see, off. I never had a, a worthy gaming computer growing up, so mm-hmm. I didn't start playing PC games until maybe two years ago. Yeah. Something like that, three years ago. Uh, when I could no longer afford to keep up with the cu- current console generation. Because, like, when PlayStation 3 came out, I was like, well, I don't have $600. Yeah, 600 I do have a laptop because I, I have to have one for work, and so I guess it's time to start checking out this Steam thing. Because <laughs> if I want to play yeah. video games, it's going to have to be on something aside from a console. And kind of taught myself to like those kind of games, which also meant just completely sucking for. Uh-huh. Eight. I'm still not a good, you know. I, I don't play anything that's multiplayer competitive because I just would get either laughed out of whatever thing I'm doing or called call a faggot by 13 year olds until I quit. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is it's a skill that you have to kind of learn, especially if you're like me and you grew up as a console kid. Do we want to do questions? Do we think we can handle questions? I just keep looking. Can we handle the truth? I keep looking to see if there are any questions. And there aren't any. Fair so, enough. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll keep talking. All right. But it was amazing to see how when I'm sitting there with Bastion <laughs> having hit a wall, which is really embarrassing because Bastion kind of dynamically adjusts to you somewhat. Oh, does it? So it seemed like every time I was getting my ass really thoroughly handed to me, they would, like, more power-ups would start appearing. Hmm. But even then, just getting the shit kicked out of me going, I'll bet if I had two joysticks and some buttons, I would be kicking the crap out of this. Was that the experience you had then? Yeah, as soon as I started playing it on Xbox, it was just... You were fine. Like, I am the god of this game now. Yeah. The, uh... Uh... Where was I going to go with that? Bastion reminded me of something. It reminded you of, uh... Dudes with big, deep voices. Man, how Talking much... about your life. How amazing was it that adding a narrator to a game that would be like a bajillion other games was enough uh-huh. to make you really, really want to play that game? And, you know, this is old news, but fuck. <laughs> like... I mean, the whole, like, <coughs> all of the weapon loadout and all of that is interesting. Sure. But what's more interesting is just the, like, when you fall off the edge of the world, it goes... Kid was learning; he needed to watch a step. Yeah, no, my favorite was just like I, you know, my first thing I do. Oh, the environment's destructible, and I can sometimes get power ups from yeah. it. So I just would destroy everything. So I, you know, I start in the thing, and I just completely destroy every stick of anything on the thing. And the voice is like, "Kid, just rage for a while," and I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> the dude can see me." Yeah, it's uh, it's also a wonderful way to provide hints too. It really like, is. Yeah. Sometimes when the kid had the grenade. He didn't throw it right. And he needed to aim before he threw it. Dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's much you know it's not exactly subtle, but it's much less jarring than having a blinking box show up. Yeah. Going, Did you know? You Press know, like X, Skyrim always says, like in the loading screens, usually it's some little bit of mythology from the area. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, it's like, did you know you can blah blah blah? And I'm like, nope. 
not until now. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and you know that that was where I learned. Oh, you can dynamically adjust the difficulty at any moment during the game. So I'm like, hmm. oh, my fifth frustrating try of defeating some fucked up ghost dude mummy in a crypt <laughs> that was just like having me pulling my hair. I'm like, I kind of want to just rage quit this thing. Oh wait, and just slide the scale down to like super noob. Kill that one guy and slide it back to normal like I've been doing, and go. Ah, now I'm satisfied. I can see this next bit of content. Like, so it's a game that actually wants you to play it. Uh, indeed, it's which is you know bizarre. That's something that I was bitching about with. Uh, it might have been Salsa the other day that like there's still games that have. It's like some developers have kind of forgotten that we no longer are putting coins into a game, uh-huh. and so therefore there's no reason to have a limited number of lives or continues. God damn or, it, that is annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, you got your three continues, or you got your... Oh, and then you start right back at the beginning, and it's like, fuck you. Like, you know, I, I bought this game because I wanted to see the content, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, maybe that's the dumbing down of gaming. I'm sure that well, people like, hate that shit. If you're out there playing, you know, Demon Souls, yeah. you know, you probably think I'm a dipshit, and I probably am. But, but don't, like, don't hand it to me, but, like, losing a boss fight in Skyward Sword, which happens a lot because I'm not very good at video games, Skyward Sword is... Reasonably difficult. I've not played that yet. But it, uh, when you die, it gives you a fucking game over screen, and then you have to go back to the title screen, back to the menu, back to your save point. Silly. Like none of those screens are necessary. It could just be like you died, shithead. Yep. And then then right back to your save. And there you are. Yeah. And that's you know most of the games I've been playing. I finally beat uh, Infamous uh, the other day. I you know which I got back when PlayStation had their whole network. Who. And so I got it for free. And, oh, fuck, that's a great game. Uh, but I played mo- like what I found out now is about three quarters of the way through it, and then uh, Austin, my current five-year-old, probably four-year-old at the time, deleted my save file. Yeah. And I was so annoyed I didn't go back to it for months. And then I finally went back to it and I played all the way through it. And uh, but that's a game where you die and it just kind of fades to black and then fades back up and starts you at the nearest kind of hospital point. Uh-huh. And you go right back into the mission you were playing. And it's like yeah, that's a, the appropriate level of pen- penalty. You know, clearly, so what? All you're going to do is reload your save. We might as well just do that for you. You know, uh, we're playing the the Simpsons game on PS3 right now. Like, the girl, the boy, and me each have a file mm. on that. And same thing, if you die, it just kind of fades to black. Nelson goes, ha-ha, and then you start again right where right. you were, kind of. And it's like, yeah, that's as much penalty as a game needs at this point. Uh, I loved how they did that for falls in Arkham Asylum. Yeah, if you actually, fell off of something, yep. you just shot a thing. But then the same thing, if you lost on a boss fight, you had to sit through one of the characters taunting you. and then <sighs> Sitting through cutscenes drives me nuts. Um, and then they put you back in at the beginning of the cutscene. I don't, yeah, I don't inherently hate cutscenes like a lot of people do, because that is kind of the only way to tell certain parts of story. Um, oh, that's me, sorry. Uh, that's what Justice Phone does, too. Uh, Mario is calling Hollywood. for Vag, so uh, we'll there take we a break. <laughs> oh, you don't need to take that? No, that's, not... that's fine. Nobody's going to surgery? No. And no, I'm on silent. There we go. Right There was a, one of our shows recently that had the little Yoshi jumping on noise that I get when I get <laughs> a message just over and over. And Zach's like, are you just playing Mario World while we're talking? A little bit. Not as far as you know. If only... Yeah, we need... It would be nice for video games to get over the game over thing. Because, no, it's not. And we know it's not. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is over. (laughs) Let us get back into it. I don't know if we're going to keep it this way, but in Word Realms right now, after every fight, you are automatically fully healed. You start every fight with your hit points and your magic points maxed out. And I don't know if we're going to keep that, and I hope we are. 
So that means you don't have to fuck with any of that outside of combat. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, I'm trying to think of examples of games... I mean, in general, I feel like I'd always go on that same side. Um... So it's not something that I enjoy. Like, I when like I'm playing happens- Kingdom of Loathing, I don't like having to stop and refill all my shit. Yeah. And it's, you know, just, I suppose a lot of people are like, oh, that's just one more, you know, example of hand-holding in a game or whatever, but... I don't know. I don't These are the same people who don't complain about getting an achievement for doing things that you would have been doing anyway. Yeah, that's something that... What's your feeling in general on achievements? I am of the age, I think, that... I think if you started playing video games well before achievements, they seem masturbatory and pointless. And, like, there are some games, like... I don't know, like, there's a game called Jetpack Joyride. It's mm-hmm. a really simple iOS game where you just... You're flying a jetpack and you hold the touchpad to go up and you let it go to go down and you're flying through a tunnel collecting coins and shit. And it's only a game because it has all these achievements to try and hit. Uh, But it's stuff like if in the first Super Mario Brothers, the first time you jumped on a turtle, which is something that you need to do, mm -hmm. they'll go, you jumped on a turtle, you unlocked the turtle taming. You kicked a turtle, holy shit. Let's well, stop like, gameplay and tell you what you you know. Well, and I, you, you know, stepped on ten goombas. Like, of course I did. Yeah, but isn't that a requirement now for games that come out on those platforms? I mean, aren't you required mm-hmm. to have Xbox achievements or whatever they call them, and yeah. PlayStation achievements and Steam achievements to release yeah. games on those platforms? And which people you know, have asked us to do it in KOL. And, I mean, you guys have yeah. trophies, which is probably the closest thing. But at least they're not necessarily something that just pops up. Yeah, they're all they can be as arbitrary, pointless, and stupid. Yeah, but that's kind of the by design. Yeah, you know, uh, because that was before achievements, and that was just like, wouldn't it be funny if when you did weird outlying behavior, like eat three hundred thirty-seven fettuccine Connors? Yeah, the uh, yeah, like Skyrim is a great example of lame achievements because it's just whenever you finish a chunk of the main quest line, you get the achievement for completing the. With friends like these, quest, and it's like, well, I had to. Yeah, right. That was the next quest to do. <laughs> you it's know, a good so, job, asshole. Yeah, you just like, killed so, that dragon. He right. Was, so it's currently, that dragon had kids. Like 50-odd qu- uh, achievements available for that. Hmm. And I'm going to guess that if you just play the game, you'll get all but one or two. Huh. You know, and that's, I'm not, I, I don't mind them. I always think they're kind of neat to collect, but I don't go out of my way to get them. I hmm. just get the ones that I get through normal gameplay. And if I go, oh, and I'll, you know, I'll look at the, the list of them, and if there's one, like, oh, I'm technically only three kills away from doing that, I'll go to those extra three kills or something. I can see but. that, like, if you're at the end of a game's regular content and you wish that you had more you to play... You want to play in that world, yeah. Then that's that's a cool thing I to do. I did some of that in uh, Borderlands. Because hmm. holy fuck, was that a fun world and a fun game. Hmm. And I kind of finished everything, but was just having fun running around with all these crazy guns and gear I'd found. I was like, well, if I go, you know, fight a bunch of these dudes, I'll get a little ding for whatever. So I'd, I'd go do some of that if I felt like playing that game, but I'm out of quests. Yeah. You but know, like, in that way, it kind of made sense, I guess. That and, like, you cleared ten lines in Tetris. Yeah, and with supplies, that's that, the point. That's what the game's yeah. for, yes. Uh, Riko Ishikawa points out in chat that they do the whole healing after fights thing in Final Fantasy thirteen. There are 13 of those things? Uh, more than that, actually, because they've mm. done sequels to some of them. And as well as, like, the weird other ones that kind of branch off. Because uh, there's, like, the Final Fantasy tactics and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, but that was actually... Final Fantasy was one of those things that came to mind when we were talking about that. And I believe, uh, like, the first RPG I ever played was Dragon Warrior. 
hmm. which confused the ever loving fuck out of me because okay. I'd never seen or heard of a game like that. Because you know when that came out, it, when it was the free giveaway from Nintendo Power in the late '80s, and I got it. Yeah, there wasn't a way to know what different games were. You found out what the game played like by buying it and mm. starting to play it, and you just kind of learned by default. And I was totally confused, mm. and it took me a while, but I was instantly hooked. But like early Final Fantasy games or Dragon Warrior shit like that, you know, yeah, you anything that is random encounters, if it doesn't automatically heal you, it's entirely possible to get out of a fight and be concentrating whatever your goal was and not realize you forgot to heal everything, and you get into yeah. another fight with two guys dead. And the other guy's at 10 hit points left. And it's like, well, where's the fun in that? You know, and then you get wiped out. And because it's kind of that old school arcade feel, you're reloading at your last save. Yeah. Sometimes losing hours of progress, which again, where is the fun in that? You know, auto saves is another thing I'm down with. And for ours, there's like, you always have to initiate combat in Word Realms. But at the same time, like, the fun part of managing your hit points and your mana comes when you're in combat. And somebody's hitting you, and you're casting spells. Because then it's tactics. Yeah, when you're done with the combat, it kind of sucks to have to go. Okay, well, uh, let's. I'm going to use this bandage, and I'm going to use that thing, and yeah, I don't think it makes sense to to have to do that. And I would actually like that in Kingdom, to have all of the healing items be usable in combat, and that's the only place you use them. So you give up around your combat to heal, or sure, you know, you funk sling. Interesting. But, uh, I suppose that's such a huge mechanic overall at this point. Yeah. Though. Have you seen uh, Have you seen any of the Avatar Bora stuff? Not yet. I want to finish the run I'm on. Um, I didn't play the hipster one on principle. Right. <laughs> Working and living around hip, uh, hipsters. I almost <laughs> said hipsters, which is almost the same. They're equally right. as bad. Uh, <laughs> was uh, I was like, ah, that sounds a little too ugh for me. But uh, this one sounds like it's kind of right up my alley. This one is so fun. It, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I actually, I'm, I'm on like level nine or whatever right now. I'm like, I could probably power through this in a day or two, and then get in and try that out. Because yeah, this, this one sounds really fun. It, it replaces almost everything you mess around with with a different set of things that's smaller, and that I like. Yep. You can only have the two-handed weapon equipped. Yeah. Can, no other weapons, no offhands. You only have one familiar, the whole time. He gets like slightly different instruments that you can. So like you can switch him from a ghoul whelp to a volleyball to a fairy. Okay, but he's it's just the one guy. Uh, Segatron points out that uh, he thinks a good cutscene compromise when you watch the entire cutscene the first time, but then you have to restart the area for any reason. You get the noticeable icon or whatever that gives you a skip option. Because uh, there's definitely some scenes he's not sorry he skipped when impatient, like the Psychomantis uh, scene. Oh, wait, sorry, he didn't skip. Like the Psychomantis stuff, which is what? Uh, Metal Gear 4? 3? Yeah. Something like that. I haven't played any of the Metal Gear stuff. Uh, I say, yeah, like, get, rave about. make me watch it once, but for God's sake, let me. Yeah, because I don't it. really have a problem with going, look, we busted our ass to create this game and tell the story. The assholes ain't skipping the story. <laughs> you know, because there's some guy going, dude, you could just skip every single story clump in this game if we make yeah. them skippable. And my whole point of working on this was nothing. Like and, we could, uh, when people complain about Kingdom, it's like, well, we could just take all of the words out of it completely. You could just have a button that says "fight," and you could just click it, and every now and then say "you lose," and you go restart and click <laughs> it some more, and then you just see numbers go or up. Or just the side. numbers. You are fighting a thing with a hundred numbers. Yeah, and there are games like that. I mean, early PC games were essentially that. You know, you're fighting an X, and it's got this hit points and this whatever, and you just knew you had your levels, and yeah. there was no real graphical interface, and you just kind of did that. A random integer will now be assigned to the yeah. 
to decrease the number of hit points the dude has. Man, some of those early games like that, I kind of wish I could find again. I was talking to uh, somebody about this uh, recently, and just some of those, like, I want to go play, like, Word Munchers or some of those early games I had on, like, the the original Mac that was just kind of the one unit that had everything in it. A little droid-looking thing. You know, and then it had, like, the, what, four and a half? No, not four and a half. Two and a half floppy? Four and a half. Three and a half? They weren't the actual floppy floppy ones, but, like, the little hard ones. Three and a half. Three and a half, thank you. Uh, I'm a nerd, you can tell. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, in that kind of era, like, there were a ton of games that were super simple and maybe kind of dumb, but, like, holy fuck, did I play the shit out of those? And it'd be fun to be able to go play those again and see if they hold up. And I've tried kind of right. Googling for emulators or downloads of them or whatever, and some of them just kind of, I think they were, maybe they were games that were so easily kind of pirated to be given a different name that the one version I played might not be what it was known by mm-hmm. in people in another region or another whatever. And, uh... You know, it's just kind of, they're gone, you know. Hell, there was a game I remember playing on, I think it was still the first Mac, that was actually named after a lake that was like three miles from my house. Hmm. Uh, it was a game called O'Dowd Lake, and you could pick what type of fish you wanted to be. <laughs> uh, anything from like tiny-ass little minnow up to, I think, uh, maybe like a walleye or something like that, and like some other ranges in between. And your job was to kind of swim around in the lake, avoid the bigger fish than you, and eat the smaller ones, mm-hmm. and try to get your score up. And clearly, that was something that someone nearby made, and right. I bet only exists in a tiny region of Minnesota, and probably only on that format, and was probably not transferred to something, you know, that still exists. That does sound oddly compelling, though. You know, but it's, it was one of those things that you'd see it now on, like, Congregate. Yeah. You know, because there are games similar to that that function the same way that people will play, because they're just on a little free site, and you, you know, you watch an ad to play this game, and it's free, and whatever. But... You know, like, I, I grew up playing some of those things, and it's kind of weird that uh, they can be that compelling from that long ago. Yeah. And it's kind of a bummer that they're not available. Like I said, they probably, most of them won't hold up. Right. But it'd be interesting to see if any <coughs> did. Let's see, uh, Adam Miller says, Mr. Skullhead, ¿Cómo recuerdas todas estas palabras en español? Uh, Adam Miller says, Mr. Skullhead, how do you remember all of those Spanish words? Haven't you stopped studying Spanish? Haven't you stopped studying Spanish long ago, Paul? Uh, sorry, that was a bit of an awkward sentence. I thought. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like. But I studied Spanish for six years, so yeah. you actually—I'm I'm assuming applied yourself and studied. Yeah, like two years in high school, and then four years of college, where I had a Spanish major, so I read a lot of literature in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm actually pretty lousy at formulating sentences that sound like natural speech in Spanish. But you but, can know you're hitting <clears throat> all the right nouns and verbs or whatever. Yeah, but the like, the vocabulary and everything, sure. But just like the the idioms and the way that somebody would put a sentence together, like they would notice, they would understand me. But I would sound like "Welcome to Flagstaff." <laughs> yeah, you know, I I keep up on it because it's interesting to me to like think in a different language. Uh, John Murphy says, "You know, it would be awesome, 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 dude." I still I say awesome so much, and I can't. Stop. I don't feel like I ever noticed you saying awesome. He's like, dude, it would be awesome if we could. Oh, that was so awesome. And that's just awesome, awesome. Now that I'm going to hear it every time you say it. Yeah. So I try, like, radical, groovy, great. Sure. Nice, tubular. Tubular? Uh, You know what would be tubular? Huh. Bells. You know what would be tubular? (laughs) An an avatar of Boris, first person shooter. You know. You're just hucking axes at people? (laughs) Huh. I would say third person over the shoulder, though. Sure. Because. For some reason, like, 
say, uh, like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta and uh, what's the one with Kratos? God of War. God of War. I know that those are essentially the same game, right? You're looking over the shoulder of somebody who's just kicking the shit They're out of everything. They're just wacky bloodbaths, yeah. yeah. But to me, those play as just completely different games. But like Half-Life and Halo and... Yeah, every single first-person shooter to me is just the same fucking game, and it. So to me, it's like another first-person shooter that makes no sense. There are there's already one of those. The yeah. only the only one that didn't hit me well, like Bioshock had enough close quarters stuff that it didn't, and it had enough. There was like, so much story though. It had enough shit going on that it didn't feel like that. But even then, I didn't finish it. Fucking first-person shooter. So See, that was the game that, Portal's the only that one. and Half-Life broke me and made me start playing first. I still want to play like one of the World War II ones or the modern combat ones, because who yeah. cares? But give me a dude with like an axe or a dude with a weird gravity gun thing, and I'm like, yeah, right, I'm in. <laughs> I played 45 minutes of Halo, or of Half-Life. Oh, really? It took me two hours to play 45 minutes Oh, I gotcha, I see what you mean. And I was just like, I don't enjoy this at all oh, like man. running it, around it, trying to platform it took I me yeah I always team. hate platforming in 3D stuff um, but it was alright in Portal though and Portal 2 those are the only two first person games that I've finished on. yeah yeah. Um, Minty Giant uh, remembers a fun little floppy game <laughs> fun little floppy game uh, called Snakebite uh, you had this like string which was a snake and it went around uh, like kind of like the bikes in Tron and ate little plus signs which made it longer until it ate enough to open the exit and then you could go out through the exit, and you go to the next level. There'd be more plus signs and obstacles, and you know you just couldn't run over yourself right. uh, as you went. Which I totally played that, and that was fun as shit. And again, it was you know super simple concept. I had that on my first cell phone and played just the shit out of it. Yeah, exactly. My first it's cell phone with like the two inch by two inch monochrome like screen. Type thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was a fun little game. But that's you know a great example of just super super simple concept that it doesn't matter if you're playing it on. Whatever the original machine that, that came out for, or and you know, it didn't give me any PC. achievements. I did lament the lack of achievements decades before they were invented. Yeah, I was like, I have. It was weird because I was complaining to my friends, like, "Where are the achievements, guys?" And they're like, "What's that mean?" Like, I ate four plus signs, and I don't have an <laughs> eight four plus signs achievement. The one that killed me was uh, Infinity Blade for the iOS because it is a game whose sole purpose is to slash with your sword, slash with your sword block with your shield or dodge okay there were achievements for slashing with your sword 10 times Ugh. slashing with your sword the other way 10 times blocking 10 times and dodging 10 times yeah that's pretty ridiculous it was like this is just a fighting game and you're giving me achievements for punching stuff <laughs> yeah well that's I, one where <coughs> sorry uh, I think that's one where again they felt the need to have achievements because that's what you have to do now mm. You know, and they're like, well, we don't really have things that are worthy of achievements in our game. Right. Let's shoehorn some in there. But they could have stepped it back like, you killed five dudes. That's, yeah. that's a goal. Uh, yeah. Instead you know. of just like, you've been playing this game and you just randomly... I don't know, I don't think achievements should happen <coughs> every five minutes for shit that you're doing to play the game. Yeah. It's really strange. And yeah, that's like back to the Skyrim <coughs> lament where just the, the, the very act of playing the game should not give me an achievement because that the achievement is seeing the next part of the game. Yeah, play hard to get achievements. Make us, <laughs> make make us work, for, work it. for it. Slap us around and call us a bitch. <laughs> uh, let's see, you want to be back in uh, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. 
And we're back. Welcome to the Meat and Sauce Parade. <laughs> oh, saucy. Mm. Meaty. So the uh, beer fest on uh, Sunday night? Saturday night. Saturday night. Turned out to be a total sausage fest. Uh, I was woefully absent. Yeah, I believe that? I was probably in bed before things really even got going. Hmm. I've, I'm no longer sick, but I've just got no energy. I'm still just like constantly tired because i just, you know, been completely... AIDS. Yeah, it's the HIV. I had clown aids, which is even worse. Yeah. Uh, that Seltzer vaccine is uh, <laughs> not fully uh, available to the public yet. But, uh, yeah, I, I lamented the fact that I couldn't go to that. Um, I got texts from Salsa and you. I feel like there's one other person. Maybe not. Maybe it's just you two. Um, yeah. They were like, you should be here. And I'm like, I'm well aware of that fact. <laughs> However, I'm about to go to sleep. I've already had the NyQuil. <laughs> I think what I road was nowhere nothing that you're doing has this much free beer or this many cool people which is entirely true you I could have been in a thing I didn't know though uh, no I was just sitting at home going oh, god I just honestly ended up doing nothing I skipped that I skipped going to a co-worker's play uh, I skipped there were three or four things hmm. that I all, all of which I should have been doing Saturday night and just kind of had to make the executive decision to not do any of them that's so. better when you're actually making a decision because usually in my case it's like Oh, fuck. I just went to bed at 8 o'clock, and there were seven things that we were supposed to be doing tonight. Uh, see, I can't normally go to bed that early. I'm, I'm more like a midnight, one in the morning kind of guy. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, you know, the last three weeks or so, I've been sick, and so if I can't stay up late, I'm in bed by like 8, 8.30. And, you know, if I wake up in the middle of the night, then because I'm not used to even that much sleep, I just take another swig of NyQuil, and that puts me back up. <laughs> I use NyQuil as a sleep aid. I don't know if that's good or not. That's kind of what, what it's for. Essentially, really, because it's not doing anything. But yeah, I'm just like, you know what? I want to make sure I feel rested tomorrow morning, and then I just kind of take a big old glug off the NyQuil and that I keep by the bed, and it's like, yep. And it's amazing. Like, I'm a guy that can, like, handle his booze and other things. And I'm good for hours, but NyQuil puts me out in like 20 minutes, which is like, there's magic in that little... I feel like you've trained yourself to drink and stay awake through like years of like parties at your house and stuff. Like, okay, we're going to start drinking beers at 6 o'clock, but we're going to be going until like 3 in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the other problem too is it's uh, after having been sick for a long time and then going, okay, I've got two shows on Friday night. So I worked like 9 to 5. My first show, I had to be there at 6.30. Next show, I had to be there at 8. Yeah. And then that show got over at about 11.30, and then people came over, and they left around 2.30 to 3. Mm. And I was like, that was probably not the smartest thing to do right off, coming off of sickness. And so I was feeling pretty rough uh, by Saturday evening, and I just said, I, I got I to gotta call it and just be a wuss. <laughs> it was kind of great. They had... Uh, so a bunch of our friends are home brewers, and they formed a brew club that's formal enough that they can do, like, rent out a space... And have a, like, here's all the shit we brewed in the past six months. And they had prizes for a raffle that had, they had gotten donations from various nice. brewer supply stores. And Every time I miss one of these things, I feel really shitty because it's always awesome. And we asked if we should bring anything. Like, nope. And tickets to get in. Like, nope. So they, they had donations out and they were donation cups out and stuff. But just pretty much go around tasting beers and... It was a sausage fest in that they had seven pounds of venison sausage nice. that they had cut up and were serving in. The gas, just beer and sausage and yeah. Ooh. So the best kind of sausage. Wonderful. Fest. Yes. It was a, like as far as the male female ratio was about fifty fifty because almost everybody we know was either married or almost. Yeah, or might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. There was the one guy there that was there without his girlfriend and 
Jess made the mistake of asking him about her, and she had dumped him that morning. Ugh, lovely. Yeah, but that's that was his his lookout for going out that night. Like, yeah. that's going to happen the day of when people don't all know that that's happened. You know, unfortunate, certainly. He needs like a he needed a T-shirt that said "She dumped me, don't ask." I think there's probably a market for that. I think you could probably sell that to like Snort or something. Hmm. <laughs> and then some, you can see some random hot hipster looking chick wearing it in the ads. So far, you're only continuing to sell me on this idea. Right. <laughs> How about hipster girls, annoying or hot? It depends upon are they actual hipsters or just chicks that might be modeling a t-shirt for a hipster website because that's a totally different. I living and working in Uptown, I see actual hipster chicks which are infuriating. Okay. Um, but just a random girl in a fedora and uh, like heavy rimmed glasses. Uh, yeah, even uh, it just it comes off as trying too hard. Mm. You know, and I'm sure they have the same thing I do. Where like, back when I had a look, <laughs> um, you know, people are like, oh man, why do you do that? I'm like, I don't. I just do what I like, and it happens to be this one thing which people associate. And with And everyone stuff. goes, yeah, sure. You know, and it's like, okay, that's you know, that's just their problem if they want to draw conclusions mm-hmm. from that. And the same should be true of anyone else. I just go, ah, I don't have the effort to get to know you to find out if you're a douche or not because <laughs> I don't want to find out I wasted my time. I'm old. I don't have as much time to. To waste on getting to know my people mortality is suck. I'm aware of my mortality. Oh, dude, I'm staring. I'm not fucking with uh, you. Hold my like thirty-two ish. I think mm. we we're trying to figure this out at work the other day. <laughs> right, <laughs> but you uh, have fucking four parents. <laughs> so one of them should know how old three, you are. But still, um, yeah, no, I, meh, yeah, I give up. I, I just, I can't bother. I'm turning thirty-five this year. That's right, because you're like a couple years older than me, because I think that was one of our early conversations. And I'll be turning 35 at KOLCon. Really? Yeah. The, that end in bed. The Monday of con, so the Sunday night's karaoke night. So we'll be tearing that up. So you're for sure coming, because you told Facebook that you're coming. I'm, I gotta go. And yeah. you know that that's, that's like a blood oath. Yeah, oh, exactly. No, if you tell it in face, yeah, on Facebook, you might as well have just carved it on a tablet and brought it down from Indeed. a mountain. Indeed. So... Uh, no, actually, I've I've always been a little bummed that I don't get to go because I would absolutely go every year if it wasn't in conflict with my equally nerdy endeavor, the Renaissance Festival. Right. Uh, but this is one where I just kind of had to go. Nope, I'm going. So the wife is not going to uh, join me this time because it would just be a little bit more than we could afford to pull off. She's like running the old Renaissance Festival. Uh, she is. Yeah, she's in charge. So it's a little tougher for her to go. Ah, you guys deal with it for a weekend because there's really no one else. <laughs> So. Uh, something, some, something cool asks for a shout out. Like I, I wouldn't demean both of us by doing that. Something cool. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> Torchalini says thirty-five. That makes me feel hella old. How old are you, Torchalini? Your hella. profile doesn't say. I'm gonna look at this picture of you. I'm gonna There's guess you're roughly my age, yeah. unless that picture was taken. Give or take. In two thousand four. How old's your account? 2005, why? Okay, <laughs> okay so you're, um, you're hella light. Yeah. How, you know, hmm. do you have an ideal age that you'd like to achieve in your life? Mm, no. I would like to have as many healthy and productive years as I can. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live to be 100 if the last 10 years of it are going to be drooling in a chair. Certainly, but even if you're not drooling, this is an argument I've had a few times with people, most of whom are usually in the medical field. Yeah. <laughs> because at some point they will generally, if they know me well enough, come up and tell me that I'm clearly not taking care of myself. Right. Which is evident. Um, but, you know, I've had this thing where I, I definitely live a life of quality and it, I'm therefore sacrificing quantity. Um, 
but uh, you know, my thing is always like, yeah, theoretically, I could uh, abstain from a lot of these things that bring me great joy, and perhaps add an extra ten years to my life. Uh-huh. But then I'll have lived a life with far less joy in it. Well, that's the whole thing. I give up smoking, give up drinking, give up women. You may not live till 100, but it'll feel like it. Exactly. You know, and that's kind of the, the, the approach I always take. And then I, there's one of the, the people who consistently nags me about this stuff uh, works with, like, people that are, like, 70 and above. And she was like, yeah, but, you know, we have, you know, they go to dances and they do all this and that and whatever. I'm like, but I don't want to go to dances when I'm 70. <laughs> I want to go to the shows I like now that are not doing me a lick of good. Right. And then when I'm 70, yeah, I'll just sit in a chair and watch TV and try to jerk off if I still can. You know, like, I'm okay with that. I'd rather burn myself out at a young age mm-hmm. where I can still kind of actively enjoy things than go, oh, see, I'm still able to kind of shuffle along because I kind of played it safe the whole time. It's like, check me out. I'm at a concert for the, like, holographic projections of the Ramones. And what are the odds of that happen? I'm in, like, an 80-year-old mosh pit where we just kind of elbow each other weekly. Yeah, which is the same thing as just kind of finding a seat on the bus at right. that age, yeah. What do you think? I want to see what happens with the medical shit. Wouldn't it? Well, but I, mean, I'm, I want to go back to the whole holographic Ramones idea. I mean, uh, we're, we're digitally inserting dead people or making dead people do things in movies. I mean, it's not inconceivable that you could go to First Ave, and if mm. not holograms, you could have a projected Ramones concert that seems much more interactive and uh-huh. life. I mean, that's that's something that can happen. So you take probably like, now, but I mean, it would only get better. You'd assume. Like once you figure out how to. Like have somebody write some songs and then make a computer sound like Joey Ramone, then you've got a thing. Do you? Because I don't know if I want to hear something that wasn't technically written by. You, you don't want to hear new stuff. I don't want to hear right. an algorithm of Joey Ramone. Because uh-huh. well, honestly, we already know what that is. It, it, toward the end of the career, it was like taking an alliterative name and rhyming something like oh, because you had like this monster hit with Sheen as a punk rocker, and right. then they did the thing where it's like then you get Heidi as a head case. Right. And, you know, like, they become these, you know, bizarre. Like, okay, the initial one you just wrote because it was a song. Yeah. And then you came up with these kind of kitschy. Susie is a punk. You know, they're just like, okay, I get it. You found a formula and you kind of did a paint by numbers thing. And there's like one on every album, but they're the fucking Ramones. So you cut them some slack. Like, I haven't shot up with water from an overflowing toilet before. I don't get to have a say. So, what do you. (laughs) So, what does that look like? So, you take a bunch of Ramones songs and you. How do you maybe simulate you take a, a live Maybe you take... I mean, they did, what, six live albums? So maybe you take, huh. like, kind of the prime cuts from those or some bootlegs, and you could kind of animate them around it, and you could pick some stage banter, or you could then you mm. could maybe dynamically generate stage banter. There you go. You know? But I'd, I'd rather see the, the songs... The sad thing is I would probably pay to go see that. I'm kind of wondering if I... I feel like I kind of would. Because I would almost pay to go see, like, a, a really good tribute act... I would probably go see. I mean, I always enjoy it when a band I'm seeing plays a Ramones cover. Right. Because everybody's going to be like, oh, great. There's like this instant moment of, cool, we're all united in the fact that we love this thing. Yeah. You know, even though we're here to see something that might be a little different than that. And, uh, like, hell, like, I've seen MXPX a couple times, uh, and, they, you know, they'll play KKK Took My Baby Away, and I'm not a huge MXPX fan. Uh-huh. But that's always a great thing to see, you know? Uh, I always like watching Green Day cover uh, Operation Ivy. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not really a Green Day fan. You know, like, there are things like that that just kind of they they just you know they some little part of your soul kind of rings with it because you. It's, That's funny. It's the that song we're going out on is a rockabilly version of "I Want to Be Sedated." Oh, there you go. See, like that kind of thing is always just kind of rad. And so I guess I wonder, like, what I, I, I miss seeing the Ramones by a year for kind of what was my opportunity. Uh, uh-huh. The the local festival that happened every summer. 
uh, where we live was called for a while Edge Fest when there was a radio station called The Edge. Hmm. It became X Fest and became much more like metal and kind of shitty. Uh, but I started going at Edge Fest three and went from like three to seven. And Edge Fest two, the Ramones were the headliner. Yeah. And so like I could have gone that year. I wasn't really the type to travel to Somerset, Wisconsin, and see a show right. or whatever. You know, like I, but I could have gone to that one had I wanted to. But I, at that point, I probably had not really got into the Ramones yet. And so it wasn't until I got I was like sixteen, seventeen that I got into the Ramones. But and wasn't it at that point the Ramones, as in Marky, Didi, Pookie, and Bob? No, the only replacement was we it had, still Joey. Until they were done, the only replacement was you had CJ instead of Didi. Because yeah. uh, Didi got kind of fed up and smacked out, and so you it's had like, and, D, and CJ did it for over a decade, so he was pretty well accepted yeah. by the fans. I don't so really give a uh, shit about anybody except the lead singer. Generally, is that a horrible thing? Not for necessarily. Me, I, think, I feel like that's pretty common. The average person, if a band breaks up, you're probably more inclined to find out what the lead singer is doing next than you are the drummer. Yeah, with the exception being the Foo Fighters. Yeah, um, but you know who would have thought that was a thing, right? Like yeah. Dave Grohl is going to step up and form a rock band that will last longer by what a factor of three or right. something than his initial band. But I mean, if um, you know, if, in my case, like if Rancid breaks up, I'm definitely going to check and see what Tim Armstrong's doing next. Yeah, although that's kind of a weird example because Lars sings half the song, so I'd go see whatever Lars. Yeah, it's kind of like you know? Blink One Eighty Two. You want to see what Mark is doing and what the, the other guy? Probably not. Is the other guys doing emo uh, bands? That's a good example. Okay, like no effects. Okay, like you know they're all cool, funny guys. But I would go see Fat Mike's next project, right? Much more urgently than maybe like Hefe's or Melvin's or whatever. Well, it's like the, I was talking to a, a guy like ten years ago about concerts and said, "Yeah, I saw the Ramones like last year." And I'm like, oh, dude, you must have hit one of the last concerts that Joey did before he died. And he said, "Oh no, it was like." The last concert was in like '98 or '97. It was like Marco and Punchy and Billy and they. Well, yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of like an axe where you replace the head and then you replace the handle. Kinda, yeah. It's like these are guys who played in the band at some point with the guys. He said, "Yeah, dude." And then I saw Queen. It's like, oh, you saw Queen like back in the day? That was fucking awesome. He's like, no, I saw Queen with like some dude, that guy who can sing really high. Yeah. And that's yeah, see, that's a totally different. Not thing. not the same. I saw the Doors with Scott Weiland. Yeah, like if you saw the Ramones, like I said, with the exception of Dee Dee, you saw uh, well, not the original lineup because I'm not going to get into it. It's too nerdy. You saw essentially the original Ramones right. the ones everybody thinks of. Tommy was in the band for like no time at all, and was replaced by Marky. Um, since then, I've gone to like a Warp tour. Uh, I think it was '98. Was the Skate and Meet Satan show where the Ozfest and Warp tour played for one uh. ticket in Somerset. So thirty bucks got you all of Ozfest and all of the Warp Tour. So it was amazing. You had like eighteen stages to run between to see. Like I gotta go see Rancid. Fuck, I gotta go see Tool. Shit, I gotta go see No Effects. Holy God, to be like Voodoo Glow Skulls. And you're just running back and forth all over the place checking this stuff out. And so uh, in one of those th- though that I went to, I think it was that year, uh, it was like the Misfits. And I'm like, okay, certainly it's not going to be the Misfits with Glenn Danzig because he's been out for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go check that out just because it's part of the ticket I bought. Let's go see what happens. And what he ended up with was like two of the dudes. Uh, Mark Hirone drumming And then like some other guy And so it ended up with like It was Jerry Only Who I think was the bass player Singing And I think it might have been Des from Black Flag Playing guitar huh. Some other guy playing guitar And then Marky drumming And they played Misfits songs And it was kind of cool Because Misfits just Had cool songs And then they played Some Ramones songs And you had one of the Ramones On stage But it was like This is in no way I, I don't right. tell people I saw the Misfits This I is a super Ramones. group I saw a bunch of dudes Who were in cool bands Play covers of their own songs. Yeah, I, I would never say I saw the Misfits or I saw the Ramones. It, it wasn't, right. you know. So there's, 
you know that that's the weird line, and maybe the you know the holographic Ramones. I would not ever say I saw the Ramones, right? But I would. Say, that's like it's like going to see Laser Floyd, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I would hit. I would hit up a like Floyd, but it's like a a tribute band that's really really good at being the tribute band. Like I would roll up for that, and entirely for the nostalgic punch of it. And for some reason, like, I would go see a Queen tribute band, but I wouldn't go see Queen with whoever they're touring with right now. Because that... well, the pretense of uh, yeah. seeing Queen isn't there. They're fully admitting, we're just going to play songs you like yeah. from this band. We kind of sound like Queen, them. Them. it's fine, yeah. you know. That's... Well, Especially if they uh, call themselves princess. Because didn't, like, Journey do the same thing? Like, they found some Japanese kid that could totally sing yeah. the exact notes <laughs> and everything, and then they, like, went and toured with that guy. And it's like, well, fucking right on. Like, they're a, they want to yeah. be a band. They can be a band. But it's... I still wouldn't... Not to give a shit about Journey, but I we'll wouldn't call, like, say... like, another Journey. Or, yeah, you know, like, further along in the journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Destination. It's like, <laughs> not destination. It was tight. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it... It loses something, and I've definitely, you know, there are bands that have replaced a member or two, because that's understandable, that's not exactly an easy life or necessarily a profitable one, so I get why people might not want to stick that out forever, but... There are two weird exceptions to the, like, the lead singer being the guy I give a shit about, which Weezer, after Matt Sharp, the bassist, left, suddenly Weezer went way downhill and the band that Matt Sharp started The Rentals was really really cool so somehow he was doing something that he wasn't being credited for like or he just had enough ideas that weren't getting yeah, expressed well, like Rivers Cuomo's name is all over the first couple Weezer albums but Which somehow the two I've listened to yeah. yeah without Matt Sharp in there it just turned into like wanky bullshit and then Guns N' Roses huh. it's like the more Axel took control the more they sucked because I'm still like Appetite for Destruction is one of my favorite albums of all time hmm. of all time of all time of all time but then so like the lead singer of Guns N' Roses just hired a bunch of really great musicians yeah very and, talented people and then it just didn't happen that always blew my mind that uh, fucking Stinson played with them like as a guy that's a big fan of the replacements uh-huh. like that you went from being in that band which is fucking mind blowing and then you went and did fucking Guns N' Roses and, and Buckethead like hell? Buckethead is fun and he is a really good guitarist he's an amazing guitarist but it's yeah. like what the fuck man like you know it's I don't remember who it was but someone just referred to like when they did their whatever that award show was that they kind of came and read a couple songs and it was like oh man did you see Guns N' Roses no I saw Axl Rose and the guys that aren't Slash <laughs> like, <laughs> to me that sums it up perfectly you know like there that certain things are a unit that you, if you don't get the full fucking happy meal yeah. you, you, you're not getting the thing you know yeah I think if you have one band member that's prone to just jacking off and you have one guy who keeps him in check right you know, it's like I don't want to get into the whole Beatles thing but yeah. You had, like, John Lennon prone to a kind of prog wankery where he just disappeared up his own asshole and played loops of somebody screeching. And yep. then you have, like, Paul McCartney left on his own. He becomes, like, precious vaudeville guy. Yeah. And neither of their solo work was that great. And then you the two of them together with George Harrison to go, like, both of you calm the fuck down. Yeah. And Let's Ringo to go... listenable doof, music. Doof, doof, doof. Although like somehow you know, yeah. well Ringo to keep them from taking themselves too fucking seriously. <coughs> and from what I understand, and you have to have really all of those guys as a drummer. Because hmm. apparently, from uh, drummers I've heard interviewed, they said if you go back and like 
listen to those songs and try to play what he's playing, it's incredibly difficult. Hmm. Uh, he's doing really amazing stuff, but he's the fucking drummer. So, he's, you know, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> well, I think it's because when you hear his voice, it's on, like, Yellow Submarine and Octopus's Garden. And, and see, I don't listen to the Beatles. I never liked them. So I don't know much about that. But... Sweet. So Tipsy is up next, and apparently she's going to be playing a lot of the bands that we're talking about right oh, now. Wait, quick, let's name shit that is weird. Because <laughs> yeah, that means she, she'll, be, she'll be compelled to do it now that you've said that, right? She has no choice. <laughs> so when I saw Sabotage in uh, is that a thing? the mid-90s... Yeah, they're a metal band. Oh, okay. They had... Because I just thought, like, Beastie Boys. It was right at a Sabotage. So, like, Savage and Sav- Sabotage together. Oh, it's like... Sabotage. Gotcha. So they've been around since the 70s And they were on their second lead singer But the original singer was still in the band And then they kicked out the second singer And so it was a new guy And huh. that was the sabotage that I saw What's the So we put some sabotage on that what's the, what's the line for like how many members you can lose Before you should rename the band hmm. That's something that I always kind of feel like To me like lead singer you probably should rename the band Yeah You know uh, fucking uh, Blind Melon did that uh, you know Shannon who yeah. eats it And then like The three remaining dudes Get a new front man And they become I forget what the name is now I listened to that first record And it was kind of eh. Well Blind Melon was not They, they had some They didn't really burn the world down They had some really great songs But yeah they were by no means Were they like some huge Dude's life was pretty hit. plain You know he just liked Watching the puddles gather rain well, Don't we all That was his whole trip But uh, You know but they it's Sublime Those three dudes Could have gotten that same singer And still called themselves Blind Melon And just written different songs Unified yeah. Theory That's what they were called so that was the, the remaining members of Blind Melon and then some other singer. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, you guys all still were like, well, we're still, we like playing together still just because that asshole died. And so, like, that makes sense to me, but it also made sense that you would stop trading on that moniker. They should have had, like, the rest of Sublime, the rest of Blind Melon, and the rest of Alice in Chains form a supergroup called Fuck Heroin. Truth. Fuck. Did, speaking of, uh, uh, shitty bands, the, uh, where did I hear this? It might have been on The Nerdist recently. Um, they Someone made a track that isolates the vocal track of the lead singer of Smash Mouth and then uh, also uses some David Lee Roth. I guess the Smash Mouth guy is probably named David, too, because that might be the joke. Mm. But it's... <laughs> you know, you, it, cause you can instantly in your head you're hearing the Smash Mouth guy's voice and delivery. Mm-hmm. And so... But without any music, it's just like... Meh, 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 meh. And yeah. then you have David Lee Roth like, yeah! And it's like this like two minute thing and it's the funniest shit you've ever heard and the the complete batshit dipshittedness of the Smash Mouth lyrics. Yeah. It's just brought into super sharp relief when there's nothing else to mask that like what the fuck is he talking about? Like it it is ridiculous. So whoever might be listening, yeah, fine just I Google, you know, Smash Mouth vocals isolated or something uh, but oh my god it, I just I was rolling laughing it was so good just tears coming from my eyes and uh, I've seen a few things like that lately I don't know if that's like a new thing that has become widely available or easy to do uh, because I've seen videos of like here's a Britney Spears performance with the vocal track isolated huh. and you realize how few words she's even saying because she's breathing so hard from fucking dancing yeah. you know and, I'm, and like I said I, I've admitted I think even on this show before I, I've been to an sync concert hmm. um, and you know, obviously the music is not good, 
but like as a theatrical performance, is one of the best sure. I've seen in my life because the production values are like on par with something Disney would put together. That's why I wanted to go see Lady Gaga. Like Jesus Christ, she put on, she put. I'm sure it is. That's the thing. It's like I, you know, I'd rather shove a knitting needle in my ear, but I bet <laughs> the show of it is astounding, right? Because um, th- that is like th- that kind of overproduced pop music is really just musical theater. Yeah, you know, and they're really fucking good at that level where they've got the budget to do incredibly insane things. Mm. Like fucking a man, right on. And so should have uh, seen that Kanye West show. I don't think that's the thing. That was unbelievable. One of the the year that Ollie was born, we went to see Amy Mann, who's like folky singer songwriter. I, I know the name. She was in Till Tuesday in the eighties, and then she went solo and voices carry. Tuesday. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, I know that song. Gotcha. So like, she's she's good, but she's kind of mellow thing. And the other concert we went to was uh, Kanye West, Lupe Fiasco, Rihanna, and Nerd. I'd like to see Nerd. So that was fun. They were they seem interesting to me. No, Lupe Fiasco is incredible. I don't by know the way, he is a <clears throat> he's the closest to nerdcore that you get on radio. Gotcha. Like he's. <clears throat> A young black dude, but he got attention because he was singing about, or rapping about... Rhyme talking. <clears throat> rhyme talking about giant robots and skateboards, and like his big single was about trying to find a place to, to ride a skateboard, and how like none of his friends were into it because, you know, you're a black kid, what do you want a skateboard for? Sure. So, yeah, that was cool shit. But Kanye's whole thing was this huge sci-fi extravaganza where he was on a spaceship and awoken from hypersleep, and on a strange alien planet with like floating jellyfish and 50 foot tall holographic projections of go-go dancers for gold digger and had to find the one thing that could power his ship to get him home and it turns out the one thing was the one thing that was that was p- the most potent force on earth was his ego <laughs> so he went for it he's just like yeah the only thing that can get the ship home is how fucking awesome Kanye West is Wow. And I gave him credit for that because he's he's aware of the fact that he's an egomaniac. Is he? Yeah, dude. He talks a, a lot about how he's kind of a dick. Okay, I don't know. One of the on the latest album, there's a whole song that's just here's a song for the douchebags and like I'm a total piece of shit most of the time. Huh. But that was an amazing concert because it was that just, that, that doesn't make him light shows and props. Douchebag though. But like I said, yeah, theatrical. I like him like an, an entertaining no, I, yeah, asshole. I'll take any. This time. is the same problem I have with Juno. <laughs> Just to to, to flick well, that. Like an beam. entertaining asshole. Yeah, Mark Lazarchik. <laughs> Somebody uh, who's a douchebag in an interesting way. Yeah, I suppose. I can roll. <laughs> I can hang with that. I'm bummed though. The so Fun has a new album out, and they've gotten all successful now. So I can't get into the show is the one thing that bugs me about their popularity is their shows in like April and they're already sold out. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. Damn it. They're in a venue that isn't even built like finished being built yet. Where? And the show sold out. Uh, the Brick. The fuck is that? Yeah, I know. It's a thing. I feel really shitty built. about how out of touch I am <laughs> with the local music scene now. Like, I have a problem with that. I was lamenting this to Doc. Uh... Doc at work went to see The Darkness at First Ave like a week ago. Oh my ago. god, I would have gone to see The Darkness oh, at First Ave. He he basically he saw that in like the city pages or whatever and just like went home and just sent out like 20 emails. And he's like who's who's with me? And like everybody's like holy shit. So he just bought yeah. like, a fuck ton of tickets. Everybody dressed really ridiculous. 
And he's like, it was amazing. Like, whatever his face is, you know, the singer, uh, hits every note perfectly still. Mm. And he said it's probably the best guitar player he's ever seen live. And uh, he said he did three costume changes, all of which were cat suits, of course. Yeah. And too. he showed me some pictures, and they're just fucking amazing. And he's like, it was great, because it was exactly what you wanted it to be. Because this dude just comes out, and he's crazy, and he's like, he's, they start a song, and he's like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. And they stop the song, and he's like, I think I have a pebble in my boot. Yeah. <laughs> so he like, walks inside the stage, sits on an amp, takes his shoe off, goes, eh, 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 puts it back on. He's like, okay, then, can't rock with a pebble in your boot. <laughs> and then, like, you know, they play their way through, and then they right before they do, uh, I believe, in a thing called love he's like Minneapolis bring me sex <laughs> and he's like jams I do believe they played physical sex as well which is a great mm. song by them if you've not heard it but uh, it was every bit as wanky and ridiculous and joyous and pure yes. as he wanted it to be he's like it was exactly what it should have been and I, you know because he kept asking me like, you want to go I'm like I, I don't think I do like I kind of do because I bet it would be pretty fun but I just, I don't know. I haven't been to a show in quite a while, and I don't want that to be the show I go to. <laughs> and uh, now I'm kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, maybe I should have gone. Like, so he showed me pictures, and then we talked about it. I'm like, okay, tell you what, next time they come around, I'll go. Uh, I, I won't know a goddamn song except the one. And mm-hmm. I'll just sit back and be like, yes. <laughs> I would do homework for that one, I think. I guess, I suppose. There was a... I went to a, a couple three metal shows when I had a roommate in Phoenix who was really into metal. And I'm, I'm still like... Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, like that side of metal, like yeah. You still listen to it? Yeah, really. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard you listen to any metal. Oh, I like metal. Huh? Sabotage, Ice to Earth, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, you wouldn't have heard of it. I'm a hipster metal guy. See, yeah. So, so we went to the I'm show. Saying, that, like, I, uh, everything I've heard from you, whether I liked it or not, has not been metal. I think at all sure. ever. So, so we went to the show that was Manowar. <laughs> they're Sweet. the band that Spinal Tap <laughs> yeah, is dude, based totally. on. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And the weird thing is, they were kind of subdued. They had like the leather vests and shit, but there was no like giant inflatable set of titties or anything. He right. rode a wasn't motorcycle the, onto the stage, but was, very wasn't slowly. Manowar the uh, like the loudest band in history? Weren't they yeah. the ones that did that? They all They were the time? super fucking Didn't loud. They throw meat at the audience back in the yeah. day. Yeah, this was, but this was like. After that, you know, they're well, playing I mean, they're a venue that was 60s. way smaller than they were used to. Yeah. At that point, but yeah, a friend of ours at the show had his uh, one of his earplugs fell out and his eardrum burst. Whoa! So yeah, they're so still loud. Out. Yeah, a dude playing "Flight of the Bumblebee" on a bass with two hands is the most sweet jack off thing ever. But cool. that's awesome. But the opening band was a like a death metal Norwegian band in the whole like that's kind of kiss redundant. makeup looking yeah. thing, <laughs> and they were. I don't know really funny and I couldn't tell if they were meant to be but it was one of the best shows ever because they were like this song is called The Day the World Died <laughs> so Cookie like, Monster Rock yeah and then it could, here's the next song this song's called and Margaret got her tit caught in the mango <laughs> this song is called Beautiful Butterfly <laughs> but it's as they were approaching the end of their set everyone's like yeah encore and he goes, Phoenix, Arizona, we have no intention of leaving the stage. <laughs> yeah. Nice. One of my fun. Theatricality. One of my favorite shitty moves by a shitty metal band. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before. Back in the day, I had what we called a shitty record label. Um, which mostly meant we just did a lot of advertising and street team work. And a lot of nonsense. Um, and lost a lot of money. And, but that meant you had to go to a lot of shows, like a lot of shows. And we went to go see uh, 
it was some band we actually like. It might have been like Flip was probably playing. It was like one of those shows where you have like four bands, all of which have an entirely different set of fans, and uh-huh. no Booker in their right mind would put this this show together. But they had, uh, I think it was like the second to last band was the shitty fucking metal band, and like no one was. They had their crowd in leather up front that were into it, mm. but not many. And you know the rest of the crowd was just like, what the fuck, man, and. The the lead singer kept talking about how it was his birthday, and we're like, "That's really metal, dude." To be constantly like, you know, "Boo, it's my birthday." I'm like, I don't know how many fucking yeah. beers you're hoping to get after this, dude. But it's like, quit harping. I don't talk about my birthday. I'm only 18, yeah. and uh, uh, the guys, you know, they're telling us it's time to get off the stage. But it's my fucking birthday. And I'm gonna play till I want, and everybody's like, Wah! And my buddy just nudges me and he taps his watch and they got 15 minutes left <laughs> of their set. <laughs> so they play an encore and leave the stage early. <laughs> nice. We're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> so that's like my favorite metal band moment I've ever... I don't even remember the band. Like, they were just terrible. I'm sure they were just something local and just awful. But, yeah, I, I love the, uh, the false bravado implied by... Huh. Is that something that's inherent in metal? Uh, do you have to be like, I'm hardcore, I'm this, fuck you, I'll, you know what I mean? Posturing doesn't hurt. I guess not. I don't know, I mean, like, like Rob Halford always had a sense of humor about certainly, it. Certainly, you know, and like Rob Zombie seems like a dude who's just kind of a dude that likes that shit, but that's more of an art yeah. band. and he's always making fun of himself. Right, but I mean, like, like, it seems to be like that's the persona, and it's like, don't get me wrong, I, you know, I'm a pr- predominantly a punk rock guy, but I'm well aware that, like, the actual people that lived through the life that created punk rock are rarely a band anyone's going to see anymore. Right. You know, that all happened between, like, 1975 and 1982. Mm. You know, like, when Black Flag stopped touring, that was kind of the end of those types of bands living that super shitty life. And I'm sure, you know, people could write in and be like, oh, man, I know these guys. Ah, whatever. But there's there's not a lot of that uh, super intense, nope, I've had to, like, fucking fight my way through the streets for the last four years since I was 12 right. and I'm in this band with a shitty bass I stole from a store or whatever right. you know like I don't think that's but the persona persists for some punk bands and for mm. some metal bands or whatever and it's like can't you just like go and like no I just like this kind of music you know like it, that's why I love listening to uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax like there's a dude that plays like crazy thrash metal but it's just like yeah fuck it man this is the music I like whatever right you know I'm it's that Alice Cooper thing where yeah, like, yeah, on stage welcome really, to my nightmare yeah. like, whatever. he's like no dude that was me on stage you right. know like the guy but this is the, thing, the guy that goes and plays Othello doesn't feel compelled <laughs> to live the lie when he gets off stage you know and like in my shitty theater experience you know like I, I do an insult comedy show where we act like dicks for an hour and a half to each other but I, I've never just been an asshole to someone that comes up and talks to me after a show. Yeah. Well, that's not... I'm not that guy. It's like, I just oh, I he's to, gonna talk about how fat my mom is. Right. Like, I just happen to be good at delivering insults and making up jokes and shit. Like, that doesn't mean that, like, I have to pretend that that's all I do is run around making small dick jokes and There's calling a people great, sluts. Apparently, Typo Negative was great about that shit. Oh. They uh, just went to see them live. My wife, like, when she was 16, Tiny Pixie Girl... Shortly before I met her, she <laughs> she went to one of his shows and somebody threw a bra on the stage, like some chick, and he picked up the bra. This like six foot seven dude with a knee long dick and goes, "This is never gonna fucking fit me," and threw it back. <laughs> and they did a live album and recorded it with the most hostile audience imaginable. Nice, and released it. So after every song, people are booing them. 
and just like, here's another song for you motherfuckers, and just rips it. That's pretty rad. And by the end of it, he's like, this ought to make you fuckers happy. This is our last song. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great, you know. And like, I guess like to me, like, do other people require the illusion of that kind of consistency? Like, I love it that well, like Typo Negative's fan base didn't pick up on it. They noticed that a lot of their fans were like goth girls, so Mm -hmm. they wrote that song Black Number One. Right, making fun of goth girls and how ridiculous they are. You're like, oh baby, Lily Munster ain't got nothing on you. And in the front row, all these chicks are like, oh no, exactly. It's like all the goth. There's always a goth girl at every MC Frontalot show, cupping their tits during. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like bands that I have followed locally, like you know, I mentioned Flip earlier, which is a Google Flip and look at a picture of Flip F L I P P. Hmm. Total glam rock. Silly nonsense, fun as shit band. Best live band I, I saw for years. Uh, I probably saw them. I forget it was twenty odd times that I went and saw them live. And they had this huge goth chick following and uh, dudes in Marilyn Manson t-shirts, yeah. which I could never figure out. Where it's just like, how do those people attach themselves to this super silly, funny, fun, you know, nonsensical band? You know, and it's like, but. Like they, clearly, they know that this is not people trying to be taken seriously on that level. So I think it might just be that you know the, the maybe the goths have this sense of humor that they they are willing to live, but not necessarily willing to admit. Oh, because like be. those people are going to that show going, this isn't the music I dress for. I just like this music, which I always kind of commended. Yeah, you know, like yeah, okay, you're hearing all your you know eye shellac or lip shellac and all that front of that shit. And you just happen to like this silly bounce around band that was like the background band in a trauma movie uh, because they wanted to use one of their songs. And they were going to have a band pretend to play it in terror <laughs> firmer, and then Lloyd Coffin saw what the band looked like. And was like, "Oh, you guys are perfect!" <laughs> yeah, and so the band themselves are in terror firmer, and <laughs> you're just like, "Perfect!" Like you're weird enough that trauma thought you were too weird. Zing, <laughs> you know. But the, the, there was no pretense there. They just got up and did what they liked. You know. Well, I guess you could say there's buckets of pretense because you know, their faces are painted. They're doing jetpacks and shit. But they yeah. just were having fun. And like, couldn't you be having fun playing metal? I don't know if you can just have the big like shit-eating grin on your face. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Like, really. I mean, sabotage yeah, was just, having fun. But if you're, you're seeing some song about pain and death or whatever, yeah, you probably shouldn't be like grinning like an idiot. Yeah, Cookie Monster, dude, like. You can't go blah, 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 and then go. Thanks, everybody. Good night. You know you have to be like, we will see you on the other side yeah. of death. <laughs> exactly. So we're going on the bus and stare into the dark well can, of our soul. I think you, you know, in also order to feel <laughs> superior to everybody else who's at the show, you just have to, you know, like, yeah, but I understand. Yeah. That this is a posture. Huh. The weirdest show I saw was the Slackers. I've and seen the Slackers. Flogging Molly on the same bill. That I was, was a at that show. complete lack of overlap. It was in Phoenix. But oh, okay. I, I saw yeah. that same tour. That tour. Like, okay, complete yeah. lack of overlap in fan base. It was a little for, like, bizarre. Three dudes. It was really weird because there was a third band. I don't remember who it was. Um, yeah. The, the, the Flock and Molly always brings really great bands with them. That's something I like about those guys. Yeah. Uh, it's always someone I've never heard of, and they're always really good, and I end up buying a record from them. Uh, I got yeah, into the Slackers. Uh, it was like, I learned something new tonight. Slackers are great. Uh, I got into the Scotch Greens because of Flog and Molly. Uh, and I got into uh, the Dead Pets because of Flogging Molly, both of which are fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, the one with Flogging Molly and the Slackers, it was, you know, the, the Slackers came out before them. I knew a couple Slacker songs from being like the Hellcat Records stuff and getting some of their comps. And, uh, you know, Ska Band. Uh, yeah. Anything called the whatever is usually a Ska Band. And uh, so they're doing that, and they're like, it's all these people in like suits and fucking uh-huh. fedoras and shit just kind of 
skanking their way around this little mosh pit. And I was just like, no, I like these guys. They're good. And I'm just kind of chilling watching. These people are just going apeshit. And there's, like, some kid, like, to the side of me. She's like, we love those horns! And, like, every time, like, they do a, a chunk where the horns would play the more, he's like, fuck yeah! Woo! And I'm like, this is a kid who's hard for brass. I, yeah, okay. right? And I was just like, okay. And, you know, then they, they got done. And it was like, oh, that was a really great show. Um, they had that awkward thing, though, where you have two singers. Um, yeah. There's, like, the dude who... The black guy and the... Only sings. And the croaking guy. Yeah, and then the kind of croaky guy who plays keyboard mm. and sings. Which leaves you with that... Uh, like, the Dropkick Murphys run into this, where, like, when Ken Casey sings a song, Al has to just kind of stand there and be like... Yeah, yeah. turn like, to, the, like, the hype man. kind of like... Yeah, exactly. You become Flavor Flav for, like, a while. And, like, some people can pull that off. Some people just look super awkward. And the dude in the slackers looks super awkward. Because uh-huh. it was just, like, he had to kind of stand there and sort of kind of dance a little bit and just kind of like wait for the song to be over occasionally go what there's something yeah you know and like the the Murphy's Al sings most of the stuff so it's not as big of a deal but it it gets a little weird that is I I figured out when we were talking about it the other day uh, the boys first concert was a a Dropkick Murphy's concert Hmm. uh, because they did the uh, Irish Festival on Harriet Island oh yeah and it was some night it was just like uh, Coda was off somewhere Greta was doing something and I was just sitting at home with the boy going like Huh, there's nothing to do. I'm like, oh, you know the Murphys are playing at Harriet Highland. Wait, you can bring kids there. I'm like, hey, you want to go to a concert? He's like, the what now? Because he's three. Uh, and I'm like, come on. We pack up the stroller and we like go to Harriet Island and I sit him on my shoulders. He's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to watch the band play music. And he's like, oh, okay. And they start playing. He's like, that's really loud. I'm like, okay. So we, we back out even farther. We get because he's really sensitive with his ears. He's had some ear damage from ear infections. And so we, we get to a point where he's pretty comfortable with it. And then he's kind of into it. And he's just kind of, I can feel it kind of grooving on my head. And then we watch for, you know, 20 minutes, half hour. And he's just like, Dad, can we go home? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, because it was dark out, it was late. Awesome. You know, he was just tired. I'm like, cool. Pop him back in the stroller. He's asleep by the time we get in the car. We head back home. We probably watched half the show. But it was fucking free, so who cares? Nice. You know? And it was just, like, awesome. So, like, someday when people are like, oh, what was your first concert? He'd be like, Dropkick Murphy's when I was three. <laughs> you know? Like, balls. I want to take Ollie to a They Might Be Giants show, but he, the first album of theirs he heard was the new one, which is really fucking good, by the way. But I thought, well, you know, this is, you know, they might be Giants tunes. It's like, yeah, I love those tunes, Bob. Okay, so here's music that they might be Giants made just for kids. And I put on No. And he went, I don't really like these tunes. It's like he hasn't liked any of the kids' stuff, only the grown up stuff. So, yeah. The boy will do kids' music while at school, Hmm. but at home he's into whatever is on the radio. He knows the words to shit when we're driving around. Hmm. Uh, You know, because Grunge just plays the radio and he will sing along with all kinds of crazy pop songs that. I've never fucking heard. Is he going to be into her shitty country music? It'll be interesting, because when he was, uh, like, one, one and a half, um, his favorite things to listen to were Tim Armstrong's solo record mm. and Agent Orange. Nice. And so, like, we like if he was upset and pissed off, you could put on, um, uh, what was it? Like the, it's like the second track off of uh, Tim Armstrong's solo record, Wake Up, I think. And he would just, like, stop and cock his head, and then he would dance. Like, the way that the kids <laughs> do it, they just kind of squat a little bit. Yeah. And he would just do that. And you could just play it for him, he was just thrilled. And we're like, okay, your first favorite band is Tim Armstrong. <laughs> like, worthy. <laughs> you know? And then he really got into, I have uh, Living in Darkness, which is kind of a best-of type thing of Agent Orange. And we would, I played that one day at the house, and he was just like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, fucking cool, dude. Like, you're going to have awesome stories for me to tell. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how... That shapes out. Oh, he'll end up being a huge like Lady Gaga or the equivalent fan or something. I'm sure. Well, you can be like in in my personal collection. I have you know like me first of the Gimme Gimmies. Um, 
Iron Maiden and Iced Earth and Lady Gaga and They Might Be Giants and sure everything it's a little bit of everything and on that note uh, we actually get to stop being on the radio now that went really fast yeah thanks for hanging out (laughs) hey thanks for inviting this is also the like I get to talk to Matt for two hours (laughs) yay score with none of those women around it's much rarer than you'd think it would be yeah Being an adult sucks. You get busy. Truth. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week with uh, Jake back in the saddle. 